0: We stand for the reading of the gospel. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us for if men do these things when the tree is green what will happen when it is dry Two other men both criminals were also let out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the skull there they crucified him along with the criminals one on his right the other on his left Jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, but we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done no wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, here we are on Christ the King Sunday. As I said in the children's message, we follow a church calendar that that follows the life of Christ. And it kind of invites us up into the reality of being followers of this Jesus. And it begins in Advent as we look forward to his birth. And then it continues through his entire life until he ascends into heaven and sends his Holy Spirit. And then we follow the life of the church up until the final Sunday. And so on that final Sunday, on this final Sunday, we look forward to the day when Jesus will come again in glory to reign forever. This Christ the King Sunday, we're going to look at what does it mean that Jesus is the King of the Cross this seems like a paradox. When you think about what a king is and what a cross is. I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, kings and royalty. As I said in the children's message also, we we don't live in a, a a nation where we observe royalty. Actually, our first president, George Washington, is highly revered because he had the opportunity to become a king. They wanted him to be the king of this new nation and we all think what a, what a humble man he was and what a great picture of who we are as a nation that we would say we are, we're doing away with that whole uh, monarchy and we're going to be self-governed by the people. So what does it mean for us now as Christians to say that we hold allegiance to a king? Maybe some of you got to see Kanye West's recent concert slash worship service that they did down in Houston at at, uh, Joel Osteen's church and the title of that in in his new album is called Jesus is King now I don't think Kanye West did it to kind of coincide with the end of the church calendar I think that was a, a bit of a coincidence but it's interesting that our nation is hearing this Jesus is King because his album right now is doing something that no album has ever done before. It's topping every major chart. The top, billboards top 200, uh, the gospel charts, the Christian charts, the contemporary music charts. It's number one, Jesus is king, so praise God, people are hearing that message. But today we're gonna look at the fact that Jesus is a king probably not in the way that most people think of kings. Now, there is a fascination in our country with the monarchy still. Netflix, the most popular show right now on Netflix, anybody know? The Crown, yeah. And uh, just a, a couple of years ago, whenever the latest prince, I don't even know his name, what the latest prince that got married to the American girl? Prince Harry got married, it shows how much I, I care about this, but My wife and daughters were up at 3 or 4 in the morning whenever the wedding was, along with 1.9 billion people. That's a B. 1.9 billion people around the world watched that wedding. There's only 7 billion people in the whole world. All right? So that's a pretty good percentage of people that were fascinated enough with monarchy to watch that wedding. Well, today we see that Jesus is a king. And he's always breaking the mold of what we expect. Every time we think we've got our finger on who Jesus is, he comes to shatter it, to give us a new understanding of who he is and who we are as his people. Today we're focusing on the fact that Jesus is the king of the cross. Now, he's a king of the cross. First of all, he shows us that he is a king of mercy. Now consider this, the God of all the universe, the one who created everything and then we corrupted it through our sin, that God decided that he would come down and solve the problem by taking on flesh, by humbling himself. We think of of, uh, George Washington being humble and not taking himself to be king. Imagine the God who created everything humbling himself and coming in the flesh so that he might endure pain and hurt and tears, and beatings, and death itself. In the cross, we see a king of mercy. Now, if you were to see somebody in the Roman world who was on a cross, and you were to walk by them, chances are that this person would not be in a good mood, and they would probably be hurling down insults upon the people that were walking by. And we see that carried out in the two thieves, at least one of the thieves that are on his side, who's hurling at insults at Jesus himself. But we see something different in the other thief on the cross. That thief recognizes that it was, it was probably Barabbas that should have been there. You remember Barabbas was released and it was thought that he was kind of the, the one that was heading up the, the thieves at the time. Barabbas should have been there in the middle, but instead we see in the mercy of our Savior somebody who takes Barabbas' place takes your place and my place. And the thief recognizes, by the grace of God, that this one on the cross is is different. Because Jesus isn't hurling insults down. In fact, he's doing exactly the opposite. Jesus is forgiving those that have placed him there. And so this thief turns and, and says, Jesus, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? Same question we need to ask. Lord, I I recognize that my sin should place me in your place. I, I, I should be the one there suffering pain and punishment for what I've done. But Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, would you remember me? On this final Sunday of the church calendar, we look forward to that day when Jesus comes back because we know he has remembered us. Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you so that when I come back, I can take you to be with me. Today we cry out, Lord, remember me when you go into your kingdom. Jesus is first the king of of grace, of mercy. Secondly, Jesus is a king reigning in glory. We have these amazing pictures in Scripture of what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back. The book of Revelation was written, like other books of prophecy and scripture, to a people that were in the midst of tough times, tough situations. And those books, like Daniel during the exile of Babylon, and and this time uh, in Revelation, Jesus knew that his church would need an assurance that he had not left them, that they would not be alone. And so in these stories, we have a picture of people that are in the midst of distress. But we also have a picture of victory, a picture of a Savior that comes to do away with all the brokenness in the world. There are wildfires in in Florida, uh, not Florida, in California, I was just out there. And there are wildfires out there and, and what happens when the wildfires come through is they, they burn the brush and it all kind of gets wiped out. But you know what happens when the next year or two, it all grows back because the fire stops when it, when it reaches the ground and the roots are still there. So those, those plants come back. That's exactly what happens with the sin in our lives, it just, it's always there, it just keeps coming back no matter how hard we try to fight against it Jesus has promised that one day he will come again and completely do away with it all roots and all, everything will be taken away and we as his people will experience no more tears no more pain, and this world will be created again perfectly the way it was supposed to be and he will reign forever as the king of glory. What a beautiful day that will be. Jesus is the king of the cross, the king of mercy, the king of glory, and finally, he's the king of hope. Imagine the, the thief on the cross coming to the end of his life, realizing he had lived a life of, of sin, But here he has this this man next to him who's displaying mercy, who's displaying something more. And when he turns to Jesus in his desperation and cries out, Lord, remember me, Jesus says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine the hope that sprang forward in that man's heart? As he neared the end of his life, his, his death was imminent. But Jesus gives him something that nothing else could give him. And as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't know when our last day will be. Some of us will be sooner than others, or Jesus could come back this afternoon before the Cowboys beat the Patriots. It might happen. I hope not, because I really want to see that but when Jesus comes back we have this assurance that no matter what we're going through that it's all going to be taken care of you and I have that same hope as the thief on the cross to know that no matter what is happening in our lives that that we have a savior who has overcome it all there's a a song by one of my favorite uh, contemporary Christian groups called um, mercy me and the song is called we win and throughout the song it's kind of talking about how things are in in the world and we don't know you know what's coming next but guess what we know the author we know the one who wrote it all and he knows how the story ends and guess what we win in the end because of what Jesus Christ has done we win there's nothing that can separate us from God's love Through Jesus, our King on the cross, the one who took our sin upon himself, taking our guilt, taking our pain, taking our punishment, and giving us that perfect life that he lived so that we can now be in a a new relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. We know how the story ends. We win. What a great hope. What a great assurance that we have in Scripture to know that nothing can separate us God's love. So on this Christ the King Sunday, may we continue to look forward with hope, and, and this hope is not a passive hope. It's active. As Christians, we are active in this hope as we, as we pray, as we share that hope with others. If our world needs anything, it needs hope, and, and as, as believers in Jesus Christ, God has given us the ability to share that hope with those around us That even in the midst of our pain and our struggle, we can say, guess what? We have a God who is one. And he invites us into that. It's great as a church that we live out this life cycle of Jesus. And it's great, we're gonna start looking, everybody's already looking forward to Advent and Christmas and putting up decorations. But don't forget how the story ends the truth, through Jesus Christ, the King on the cross, that we have a King who is a King of mercy, a King of glory, a King of hope. And until we see Him face to face, may He continue to keep us faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.